ink for shading. Like you just do the thicker lines and then smudge it with his finger while the ink is like oh, wet. Wow. And that's all he did. Like he just used a single brush. And, and the best part is he, he could draw anything from any perspective. He could just see it. And it was straight out of his memory. on and drop out to the sound of episode 9 of the KU podcast with me Michael Ty and my co-host Joe Somerville. On every episode we invite a guest to talk with us in depth about a single design topic. This week we're talking doodle art with Santanu Hazarika. Santanu is a multidisciplinary artist and world doodle art champion. From doodle to doodle art, how does this happen? Why are we not all doodle artists? Of all creative visual mediums, illustration, painting, graphic design, doodling is the most overlooked and yet comes with unbound creativity. With us today to unpack doodle art, scribbling, drawing, creating, the visual artist and world doodle champion, Santanu Hazarika. Santanu, welcome to the KU podcast. Thank you for having me, Joe. Uh, thank you for the lovely intro, Joe and uh, Michael. It's great to have you on. Um, and hopefully you did, but I sent you a clip. And this is really the, the first thing I want to talk about, just because it's in the news. But Mr. Doodle, is, um, for those who don't know, has doodled his way through a 13-room mansion house, covered every surface. So, Santanu, the first question is, are you extremely jealous? I mean, he is Mr. Doodle. Like, he literally like, dresses like a doodle. He talks like a doodle. And he does <laughs> things what every other doodle does. Like, I'm impressed with his patience. Like, as an artist, sometimes, like, what happens when you're done, like, 50% or 60% of the work, you tend to get lazy and you tend to get a bit frustrated and impatient because you can already see the structure being formed. And imagine doing that with, like, uh, like a huge mansion and using the same medium, the same repetition of patterns and uh, characters and the singular line form hats off to his patients and he could pull it off. And also at the same time, he's kind of put like doodle art on the map mm-hmm. in a way that nobody has done it before. And so that's a really big achievement in itself. But B, I would rather like sleep in the parking lot rather than <laughs> <laughs> sleeping in my own bedroom. But I guess uh, that's what he likes and that's what he wants to surround himself with. And like big ups to him, man. Like sick, sick job. And on your, yeah, on your outputs, your work, and specifically doodle art, what is your style and approach? Freestyle, spontaneous, planned and executed like graffiti? Is it a mix between the two where you go with half an idea and then flesh it out as you're doing it? What is your approach? It's a combination of both. Like it, it basically depends on if I'm working with a client, then the process is entirely different. But if I'm making something like for myself, or I'm just painting something for my exhibition mm-hmm. or something like that, then 
there is uh, more of an improvisation process. I just tap into the emotion and the expression that I'm trying to convey during that time. And uh, I don't have underpaintings in any of my paintings. I just go straight for it. I just have a base coat and I just dive into it and I keep on developing that skeleton. It it looks like fun art to make. Um, it looks like it would be it would be a fun time to create the pieces that you're creating. Um, do you find it hard to draw a line under a specific piece? I actually I'm a bit impatient when it comes to finishing my canvases. Like the moment I start, I have to uh, finish it within that day. Like I like that. I just don't feel like doing it. There's so many half done pieces lying around my studio. So it doesn't matter, like, if, even if I have, like, a big canvas, like, 8 by 10 feet or something, I'll just tirelessly work at a single flow to finish it. Even if it takes me one day, two days, I, I, I will not even sleep. I'll just finish it. Sometimes I don't even sit. I, I, it's, it's just one so, long string. So you, you're, you're just one big meal away from not finishing work during the day. If you have one big lunch and you nap, that's it. Yeah, it's finished. On to the next thing. Yeah, on to the next. <laughs> that last bit of ramen tipped me over the edge, and I'll I'll do the next thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's whiskey for me. The whiskey. Right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I like um, that. It's it's resetting it every day. A lot of artists would spend hours and hours and days and even weeks on one piece, but then the difference between a week ago and the end of the week is is negligible to to another outside viewer the artist knows the details that they've added or changed but in reality would it make a massive difference maybe maybe not but i like the fact that your everyday brand new piece clean slate bang let's go i'm wondering where would an artist start when trying to get commissions for what to most people would seem like a very simple version of art but is actually a very expressive form how do you turn that into paid work the the, the beauty about this art form is uh, like you said it's very accessible what what taught me how to draw was doing and yes. that was the closest thing to art for me so that's like a core of who i am and how i use that art form to express myself so uh, for me a doodling is an initial initiating stage for me which taught me the visual language of how to design, how to compose, how to create things. Yes. And uh, and that's how like your doing turns into uh, a paid job or a paid gig because your, your people are commissioning you, paying you for your expression. So in terms of clients uh, that you've worked for in the past or that you're working with now, is there any clients that you're particularly proud of? A bunch of them actually, like, um, I really love working with Red Bull because I was one of the first uh, world champions, so I naturally started uh, working with them. It's like, Red Bull is so open to, like, creative things, basically. I was going to say that they're a very um, open company in terms of everything. They want to do so yes. many things, extreme sports, in art, in, in everything, which must be amazing for you. Yes, they're open to ideas, they're open to experimenting. And me as an artist, or uh, maybe a, as a client, I think that's the best thing I can expect of a brand. And then uh, after that would be Adidas. I was always into like sneakers and customizing them. I'm quite known in the sneaker community here. So, uh, so the word got out and India, suddenly hip hop became quite huge in India. 
it became kind of like a, it is kind of the mainstream right now the pop music so naturally with the pop music came in the fashion the sneakers um, i was already working with many of the pop artists many of the underground artists over here uh, so adidas naturally like they knew about me so they commissioned me for some of the campaign activation you know, some of the launches some of the projects here and there for example i did like a huge uh, three story mural and then i customized one of the sneakers i did doing one of the few of the activations and the new launches projects and also that way uh, adidas is also one of my top clients because i uh, it's like a childhood dream come true for me i was reading uh, this morning that uh, kanye west and his yeezy line is put out by adidas and now he's yeah. slowly insulting and ruining his relationship to the point where it's on the road to being suspended and pulled so there is yeah. as a challenge for you there is a gap yeah. uh, if you want to replace <laughs> the users <laughs> i mean uh, with the whole kanye situation like i'm a i am a big fan of kanye fan i love his music i love his story i have i love his whole struggle i love everything about him and him as an expressionist but right now his music is hard for for us Kanye <laughs> fans to actually defend him and like Kanye come on bro we 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 are so like <laughs> come on bro <laughs> I mean what the hell <laughs> I mean yeah I wish him all the best and I hope he gets his shit together yeah. fingers crossed as a as a slight switch one thing that I was thinking about and stands out to me as a challenge is how much um doodler pushes you towards being abstract it's typically monochrome 2d a single line form for you what what is the biggest challenge that you face in doing doodler or similar work uh, i think uh, the biggest challenge like is actually uh, thinking in 3d so basically the challenge is you're using monochrome or using just lines to create depth in your drawing so that's um, that's a little bit tricky when it comes to doodling because you have to invoke that illusion of depth using just lines mm. so that's a bit challenging but other than that the other thing is actually how do i transfer it into a 3d space suppose right now i really want to get into like Out of 3D models and stuff like that, or suppose I want to make a sculpture. Now, if, if you see some of my work, if I were to make a sculpture version out of those uh, drawings, it would be like a Herculean task for me to draw all the sides and everything. So that's another challenge that I'm facing right now. And how do I actually uh, do that? Translate that without losing the essence of my artwork. If, if I simplify it mm-hmm. even more for the sake of 3D. that if you lose the signature style of super detailed artwork that i do now i'm trying to find a good balance in between so that i can actually transcend into the 3d reality yeah for for people listening the idea of the challenge of adding depth there's yeah a piece on your instagram which i think is called my lady and spaghetti right yeah. which is holy doodle art so it's it's i'd say beyond that where you've one sort of changing materials and forms and so on i think it's ink and acrylic as well so not yeah. and but y- y- i can see knowing your background a transition from doing that single line form towards that piece and the challenge of depth but how you've executed it so for people listening i would 
pull that piece out, My Lady and Spaghetti. I don't think it needs to be a question, but I, I love that piece. And it has oh, depth. Thank you. I really like that piece. It's a personal favorite piece of mine. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> forget forget the talking shit with Joe. We've got a separate we've got a separate thing. <laughs> um, so to go back to your inspirations, who would you say your main inspirations are? And and I'm wondering, do they all come from one medium or can you find inspiration anywhere? Uh I mean uh, there's a bunch of inspirations. If, if if you really consider like artists that I really am inspired of. And like I look up to, then there are few uh, ones like uh, because see, I I was never introduced to any of the grandmasters and the old time artists, the dead ones basically. So because uh, no one from my family or my community were artists, like basically there was zero zero awareness about art. So for me, um, I only got to know about art forms uh, was through comic books, and specifically uh, this one, image comics. And I would like just love those form comic books because of the way they would uh, ink basically the shading just by using uh, simple mm. ink on paper that mm. really captivated me. So I think that is something that's where my whole journey of like finding that creating art using just ink and paper started. So if you see most of my work, uh, they, they do have that comic bookish uh, like inking style to it. And that was the first ever medium that I was introduced to. Then I got introduced to anime, uh, to Dragon Ball Z. Again, anime is also very flat. So anime is comic books. Then fast forward into my college days, uh, I got access to internet, like uh, getting exposed to other artists. But some of the artists that I really, uh, like, I really was drawn to us were Richie Beckett. And I love his illustration method, like medieval illustration style. That he does with cross touching and just uh, pointillism and all, it's brilliant. It's so very Richie detailed Beckett, work as well. Very, very detailed. detailed. Very detailed. So Richie Beckett was one of them. Then James Jean. I, I feel like James Jean is one of my most uh, favorite surrealistic painter in a way because it's like very calm and like uh, fluid, but it's also very surreal at the same time. Um, yes. Like uh, so, so James Jean is one of my favorite artists. And then obviously uh, a late uh, Kim Jong Lee who just passed away recently. It's, it's a huge loss to the art world, but uh, his works were brilliant. Like, and the fact that he would use a single brush pen, and he would use that ink for shading. Like, he would just do the thicker lines and then smudge it with his finger while the ink is like no wet. And that's all he did. Like he just used a single brush, and and the best part is he, he could draw anything from any perspective. He could just see it, and it was straight out of his memory. He never used any references. Just insane, like inhuman level of skills he had. So he was he's he was also one of my biggest inspirations. He still is. But yeah, I think those are my inspirations right all together. I love that one. One thing I'm slowly learning is the the skill of in this form of getting the maximum out of the minimum you have yes. pen paper vision and then that is it those three tools go away and the scale of work you can do it is not just maths paper at the back of a class no. there's there can yeah. be so much more to it absolutely exactly that's the beauty of this art form mm. like it's 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 
It's limitless. And one question, you may have already done it, but have you thought about taking your hand and style and passing it over into graffiti or comic books or lending it to another form like that? Yeah, actually, I I did do uh, graffiti stuff here and there, like growing up, because uh, I am a bit of a vandal. Most of my friends are metalheads and punks. We grew up basically just drinking and vandalizing things. Whilst we're still recording, could you list all the specific incidents <laughs> and crimes? <laughs> exactly, embrace it. <laughs> so I used to, I, I like, I used to have markers. I would have like those uh, cheap uh, motors, free cans you get. But back home, we didn't have a, have access to all those expensive Montana cans and all, all those kits and all. So we used to buy those cheap aerosol spray cans. So we used to get them when we used to go uh, spray painting out. And then later I shifted to more dripsticks. Right now, like I mostly do graffiti kind of stuff using dripsticks uh, because uh, they are really quite handy. Good because I'm so used to holding a pen and a marker mm. uh, more than a spray can. So I shifted it to dripsticks. So I usually go out doing stuff sometimes here and there, um, like graffiti basically graffiti writing. Shantanu, thank you very much for joining us on the KU podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it was a really fun little conversation. I'm, I'm like, like super cool, man. Guys, like stay in touch, man. We can talk some more shit. Sometime. Oh, we'll have you. We'll have you back <laughs> on definitely. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. So, for everyone listening at home, thank you for tuning in. It's been a pleasure to have you too. You can find Shantanu's work on his Instagram, or you can search for Shantanu Hazarika on Google, and you should be able to find his amazing work. Um, that he's done for many different clients and also yeah. the, there's a post to his foundation app i believe where you've got nfts for anybody who's looking to go through his uh his sellable work thank you so much guys it was lovely talking.